Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Here's Pastor Ryan. Wants to save his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. So why why do I even bring all that up? Because of the guy who said, yeah, sure, have it. There's my donkey, there's the colt. Take mama and son. Donkeys. And they went. He is Lord of all creation. And how that colt did not buck the Lord off or jiggle him off is another neat thing to consider. It's because he's he can tame them with the word. And he can tame us with the word. He can change us. Yeah, but naturally I buck people off. Yeah, not this time. All this was done, verse 4, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fowl of a donkey. That's Zechariah 9. Verse 9, and so Jesus is fulfilling just a, a, this prophecy of hundreds of years ago that Zechariah prophesied that, that the Messiah would, would, would go into Zion. And you read the psalmist so many times say, may salvation come out of Zion, out of Zion, out of Zion, such a special place, Jerusalem. Um, but he is fulfilling this by going in lowly on a donkey and, uh, you know, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, uh, the foal of a donkey. And so uh, a, a colt was a symbol of peace. And so Jesus, he was the king of Salem, the king of peace, is riding in, uh, bringing peace to the souls of men. Not peace between Israel and the Romans, but peace for their souls if they will believe in. And so it's a beautiful thing. Zechariah, in his prophecy, it's addressed to the daughters of Jerusalem. It's addressed to the daughter of Zion and little girls in any society who are the weakest in every, if, if women are called the weaker vessel, well then what are our little girls? In any society, a little girl is the, is the weakest in our society. And God is saying to the weak, your Messiah is coming. To those in need of strength, to the weakest of you, I say, he is coming, your Lord, low, just and lowly, bringing salvation. And, and Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the weak, for he makes us strong. Weak in what sense? Weak and broken and poor spiritually, as in without you, Jesus, I'm lost. Without you, Jesus, I cannot go to heaven. Without you, Jesus, I cannot live. God says, well, there, come on up. That's, that's who he came for. But those who are rich spiritually and, nah, I don't really think so. Not for me. Maybe. See you on Christmas. See you in, on Easter. Maybe. 
That, there's nothing but pride. That's someone, and it doesn't matter how much money they have, they are basically saying, I'm, I'm cool, I'll pass. I don't need your Jesus. And I don't need, you know what I mean? Then that's what's happening. That's the difference between a believer and, and those who are lost in the world. But some of us claim to be a believer. Some of us say, yeah, I believe. But there is no Jesus hitting you up for the keys of your car and you saying, okay. There is none. He's got to get you on the right day, at the right time, if it's convenient. And that's not good. We commemorate this time of year, the day of his death and resurrection. We commemorate it so that we can remember what it's all about. That to follow Jesus is to lose our life that we might find it. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I ask you to do? But he is the king who's lowly and, and just and bringing salvation. We talked about it uh, last week in Romans 5, that we've been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's a king of peace. That's what he does. He brings, he, he brings sinful man and a holy God. We, we, you know, reconciliation, you know, a broken relationship. Where we, before we came to Christ, we were at, at odds with God. We were his enemies, but through Christ, he brings us back together. He heals that relationship. That's what the word peace means. This is what he's bringing. That's what they need. Not political freedom, not, you know, salvation from the Romans, but salvation from themselves. He is the king of peace. And he also gives peace to us who have accepted him. You know they cry out Hosanna, which means save now. And the king of peace, how many times do we cry out Hosanna? It is the days of Hosanna, Hosanna today and every day of our lives. Save now. I need peace now, king of peace. I need to experience peace in this storm. I need to experience uh, a peace in this hardship, in this devastation, in, the, in this poverty, in this hurt that I'm in, in this relationship. Whatever it is that is bothering us and hurting us, the king of peace also gives us peace when we cry out to him. And he's lowly. We talked about the, at the retreat, the, the war against the flesh. And uh, James 4, verse 1 through like 17, talks about it as well. Where do wars come from? They come from within, from your pleasures. Right? You seek and do not have. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you might spend them on your lust or whatever your pleasures you know, believers are, are still living for the things of this world and, and, and not, uh, not given to the Lord. And the remedy for it is, you know, but, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. Humble yourself and he shall lift you up. The remedy to, to the flesh, the remedy to living for self is to, is to go to the king of peace and say, I, I, I need you. I need you. I need your help so that I can be who you want me to be. It's in Christ and your relationship with him. You know, we were talking about, uh, I, in my message up there, I was talking about um, that thoughts are not free. Uh, Richard Baxter, who's a Puritan from like the, I don't know, 16 or 1800s, I forget the year, but just an old English dude, a preacher who said, you know, uh, the tongue is a fascinating thing, and, and God giving us the ability to know words 
to be able to articulate to one another, to be able to talk, is, a, is a, such a gift from God. Um, but we can use our tongue, obviously, for bad things. And the Bible warns about the tongue being small and it can just mess things up, you know, put a guard over it. And, and he said, you know, words are not free. And, and he said, but people do think they are. And who? The wicked. And in Psalm 12, the, the wicked say, our words are our own. Who is Lord over us? In other words, I'll say whatever I want to say. Who's God? They think their words are not free. But, I, but he also said, and they, those are the same type of people who think their thoughts are free. As believers, our thoughts are not free. We cannot sit around thinking hatred towards our brother. We cannot sit around thinking envy towards our brother or lust or covetousness or or anger or or you know just just wicked thoughts towards one another. We cannot do that anymore as Christians because our thoughts are not our own. Because we were bought with the price, and the Bible says to glorify God in your in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? His. So our thoughts are not our own. So it, the war begins in the mind. And taking thoughts captive, like Dan said when he was up here, like taking every thought captive, it coming into our minds isn't, isn't uh, I, I don't believe, a sin when it comes in, but it's what we do with that thought. We Do we just say, oh, Father, take that from me? Or do we just sit there and just... And I think, in, in, and when Jesus judges the world, it's not just going to be on their deeds. It's going to be on their words and on their thoughts, their motives. So all of that is not free anymore. We're Christians, so whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report and true, that's what we meditate on. And in Philippians 2, verse 5, it said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who was being who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So Jesus is humble, we need to be humble, and humility is defined as being dependent on God. Pride, spiritually, is, is being independent of God being self-sufficient. So for the believer who says they're a believer, but they don't go to church, they don't fellowship, they don't read their Bible, because they have thought that everyone else can do that, but I'm good without it. You're not good without it. You're very bad without it. It's It's a bad thing. And so we have to be fully dependent on what God calls us to do. And that's that's humility. And God blesses the humble but he resists the proud. So for those who don't want to respond to Christ, don't want to follow him, you know, if there's conviction in this room or on YouTube or whatever, just surrender that to the Lord. Tell him to change you. You have not because you ask not. And I don't think, and like I said, God loves, appreciates the truth. I just don't feel like it, Lord. And to bring that, I just don't feel like it, Lord. Can you change me? And he will. He will because he loves you. The thing about Christianity is he makes us what we never were before. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. There is no more, I'm not just like, I'm not that way. Uh, or I'm this way. There's not that. In Christianity, it's not, I'm, I'm this way and I've always been that way. No, we're not the same anymore. 
I cannot say, well, as Ryan, Ryan is this way. Ryan's irrelevant now. Ryan is what Jesus wants Ryan to be. You know, it's irrelevant. I'm not a people person. Well, I'm shy. Too bad. I don't speak well. Too bad. I'm not much of a student. Too bad. doesn't matter how I've always been. I mean, how do we preach the gospel to people? You can be different than you've always been by faith in Christ. But, but, uh, but they're the most, the Christians who have been walking with Jesus forever, still saying, I can't because I've never been that. It's like we forgot who we're following. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, colt, the fowl of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them and, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the, and the multitudes uh, followed him and led him down the road. And, and we know that in, in uh, ancient history, the, whenever a king would go into a city or a town, a province or whatever, that the locals would restore or maintain and clean the roads that the king was going to enter in to make the path straight and smooth. And so that's what they're doing for their Lord. They're putting this down in honor of, of, of Jesus, the son of David, coming into Jerusalem. And that brings back uh, the mem- in memory of John the Baptist's ministry that he, his, his life calling was to uh, prepare the way for the Lord and to uh, make straight in the desert a highway for God. But he did it in a spiritual sense, right? Uh, John the Baptist wasn't out there like, you know, making literally the road smoother and, and clear, but he was preparing people for Jesus's arrival and his ministry by preaching repentance uh, unto baptism. And so uh, even now today, for those of us here who are alive and remain, are those who are called to make the, the path ready for the Lord's uh, coming for his church, the rapture that is, you know, next on the prophetic scale, like he can come for us at any minute for his church. So we should be those that are ready and are making uh, people ready for the return of Jesus Christ. It's up to us. This is why we're alive. I mean, you, you know, why am I alive? Why am I here? Why, why has he not taken me home yet? Because there's work to be done. That's the only reason why we're here. It isn't to get a house and the American dream and vacations and the kids and the puppies and all of that. No, 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 no. There's air in our lungs, strength in our hands and feet so that we can make straight the path for our king because he's coming. And we need to share Jesus with as many people as possible, especially at this time of year. Drag people to church next week. To hear the gospel. Friday night, 7 p.m., Good Friday. Drag them here on such. Bring them. God said, you know, the the sons of darkness are shrewder than the sons of light. Look at the world and how passionate they are about getting their crowns, their money, their cars, their careers. Look at the world. They get, you know, the athletes and how they, people, they work hard to get stuff that's perishable. But we should look at them and say, man, you know what? Maybe I ought to put it in third gear now 
Maybe, you know, maybe I'm slacking off. You know, and the Lord does say, look at, yeah, they're more shrewder. Make friends with unrighteous mammon, he said. I mean, they're they're industrial, they're they're passionate, they're lost. There's a lot of lost celebrity athletes that I, that I, that I, I can admire their passion and their, their endurance to, to do their things. And then I say a little prayer, Lord, save them. Because all of that doesn't matter. But here we are, and we just like, eh, you know, we're not, we're not in it. Fighting the good fight. We're not running the race. A lot of us are sitting on the sidelines. Prepare the way for the Lord as they are. And the people who are leading and following cried out Hosanna to the son of David which means save now blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and I I do believe that the Galileans and the pilgrims that were there understood that Jesus was the of the seed of David that he was a the son of God but I they their understanding of the cross wasn't there and his sacrifice and their for their sins that wasn't there I don't believe it was just they understood just a, a portion of who he was and and what he came to do but the honor was given I think the honor is legit that they're giving him in the understanding that they have and they're saying Hasana it's it's a it's a messianic psalm psalm 118 and they're they're praising Jesus and also crying out for uh, in in a plea they're pleading with him save us now Save us now from these Roman oppressors that are, have taken over our country and are taxing us and are pagan, like help. And Jesus is coming in, the king of peace, and yeah, the, the Romans aren't your biggest problem. America, our enemies aren't our biggest problem. We are our biggest problem. And he came to save us from, from we. And that's what they don't get. But Jesus is still saving now he every day in some form of another do we not cry out lord help us and we don't say like help us eventually we say help us now save now hasana hasana we should say it every day hasana save us now in Psalm 34, verse 4 through 7, it says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. This poor man cried out, and he saved, and he's still saving he saved me and he's given me eternal life, but he is still saving me from whatever problems we go through. He either takes them away or he gives us the wisdom and the strength to deal with it, the grace, but he is still saving. And if you need to cry out, cry out to him. I implore you, cry out to him. Verse 10, and when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And so the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. John's gospel tells us that they testified of Jesus to, to everyone who would hear them. 
because of, at that time, Jesus hid himself so often. He, he, in Jerusalem, he went there, he did some things there, but he wasn't there enough for people to recognize or know who he was at this point. So it was the Galileans, it was those who, who were healed, those who heard, they were telling people, this is who he is, this is what he did, this is what he did for my family, this is what he did for me, this is who he is, and that is what we need to do today, is tell people what he has done for you, if indeed you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And that might be the case with some folks. You have not tasted and seen that Jesus is good. And if so, then that should create in us a passion to get busy for his kingdom. Tell somebody. One of the biggest news stories of Jesus' day, at the very day this is taking place, one of the biggest news stories was Lazarus, his friend, who he brought back from the dead. That was huge. There were two people that they wanted to kill that day, Lazarus and Jesus, because the miracle of bringing people back from the dead was too much for the religious Jews to handle. And it was Lazarus' resurrection that even the religious Jews were like, that's it, I'm following the man from Nazareth. It was that big. What God has done for you is that big. It's big enough to share with someone. This is the season. Drag them here on Friday. You know what I mean. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, and how, Lord, you, you bring strong conviction with your spirit on the things that we need to change in our life so that we can see fruit, see change, be effective for your kingdom. We pray, Lord, for that conviction to to minister to us, to convince us to be different. And the things that we lack, Lord, we, we can come to you with those needs and, and ask. And you're so, such a loving Father that you give to us the things that we need for godliness and for life and godliness. So Lord, bless your church, Sweet Hills. Bless these, your people. We are your sheep, Lord. Help us to be good sheep. Sheep that are in tune with the shepherd's voice. Oh, Lord, we say to you, Hasana, this morning. Save us from, our, from the things that we're going through. And you know what those are, Lord Jesus. Hasana, Hasana. And Lord, I pray for strength in our church that we would be united in Christ. And that, Lord, you would use us to reach the lost, Lord. Do a mighty work of your Holy Spirit. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who would like to make a dedication of their lives to Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I can lead you in a prayer of asking them to forgive you of your sins. 
Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father and the angels in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you. So is there anybody here who needs to do that? Who needs to give Jesus their heart this morning? We want to give you an opportunity because I'm responsible for you. Whether or not I will give that invitation or not. Is there anybody here who has not done that and needs to do it? Amen. Father, we thank you again for our time. May you bless our time of fellowship. And may you draw people to our church who needs who need Jesus, who need you. Bless this Friday, this good Friday. Help us to be mindful of it and mindful of your resurrection on Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.